Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future Technologies, poised to transform our lives for better or worse, are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs from Future Tech Podcast, Round the Corner, Almost Here Technology. Today I have Maurizio Cibelli, uh, the CEO and founder of Hutoma.com, a company that's involved in AI and deep learning. How are you doing, Maurizio? I'm doing good. Thanks for uh, having me uh, on the podcast. Uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you and meet you. Yeah, no problem, sir. So can you tell listeners a little bit more about what Hutoma does? Yeah, um, so so we are building uh, an open and free platform to uh, develop and ensure and monetize uh, conversational AIs. Uh, so you can think of uh, us like a, a GitHub for chatbots. And so our mission is uh, is you know is around democratizing access to this type of technology uh, that uh, you know I believe everyone can benefit from. But right now, as, as you know, they're in the hands of uh, you know just a couple of companies. And so we're, uh, you know, we're open to build a, a good ecosystem where, you know, you can come and use our tools to train, um, you know, uh, a neural network and, uh, and to, to solve some problems and you can share it with others. So you can come and, and uh, you know, combine different pre-trained neural networks and build something uh, even better. So it's a, sort of a, a Lego of neural networks, if you want. Well, as you said, a GitHub, so a code repository um, for people that want to use neural networks uh, to do what kinds of applications? Yeah, so we are primarily focused on, on conversational interfaces, so uh, chatbots, pretty much. Um, you know, we do you we do make heavy use of uh, deep learning um, because if you try to build uh, today something like Siri or you know or, or Cortana, uh, there are technologies that you can use. Like you could probably use IBM Watson, for example. Uh, the problem is that if you start modeling uh, multi-term dialogues, which is typical in a conversation where you ask a question and you follow up, uh, today you are uh, forced to, in, in some shape or form, to uh, create a, a conversation tree. So you're sort of pseudo-programming the conversation. You're telling the system, you know, if you hear something that sounds like this, then uh, branch off in this particular part of the conversation. So. And that works if you want to build like a toy chatbot. But uh, imagine if you have a you know a company with a, a CRM system where it stores uh, customer support chat logs, which is t- pretty typical in many SMEs. And so thinking of taking you know gigabytes of data and and manually build a conversation, you know it's it's a daunting task. So what we do instead. Uh, we use um, uh, we use uh, a number of algorithms to essentially let the machine uh, learn the underlying language model, so you don't have to. As at the end of the day, for for end user, for AI creator, it means you can just upload a bunch of text, and the system ingest it inside and and you know cook the AI for a li- for a little bit, and then when it's ready, you can essentially talk to. Uh, to the to the system you just built, but there's no coding required and very little minimum uh, maintenance from uh, from a user point of view. Can you talk more about how chat boxes work? Is this for literally for chat on websites, or is this an interface where you talk to an AI to get answers you want about um, pieces of text? 
Yeah, so we uh, we uh, ex uh, you know uh, we do export let you export or we do expose uh, literally REST endpoints uh, for so for the technical folks. It really means that you uh, you can use the API that we expose uh, and integrate that into uh, Telegram or Facebook Messenger or into uh, Alexa or into uh, you know IoT system. So what we do, we build sort of the backend brain. And we uh, generate some API that you can you can use and you can send a question and based on sort of your logic and and what you use for training you can you know transform it into a mobile app or a web app or or uh, you know a hardware device conversational UI or, or whatever else you prefer. So we don't provide the so for, uh, the actual end. But for, okay, so for the most part though, this is an application where. Um, maybe the first line of customer service or live chat. Instead of having a live operator, you have this AI system that you know, exactly, can exactly handle yeah, it pretty exactly. well and answer questions. Exactly, and we have uh, we have different mechanisms that um, let you uh, that the system uses to uh, hand off conversations back to a human. Uh, for example, a customer support is pretty typical, but right now we're working in the uh, you know uh, sales space and uh, marketing uh, personal assistant, but in, let's, if you take the customer support example, uh, what we do, uh, we have an, a number of scoring systems that uh, goes on as you talk to the AI. And one scoring system uh, tracks uh, sort of the confidence level that the AI is uh, having in answering uh, specific questions. And when that confidence level goes below a certain threshold, then we can end off the conversation back to, uh, to a real person, which is still good because in the meanwhile, the AI might have been able to sort of collect a number of information that otherwise you would have to collect manually. Uh, and hopefully, in, you know, in, in the majority of cases, uh, the AI is able to sort of drive to the resolution. Uh, and the good thing about having su- uh, such a scoring mechanism is that we uh, provide um, uh, sort of a chat, chat analytics. So uh, uh, you as an mm-hmm. owner of the AI can log into the platform and can and can check where sort of the AI is falling below uh, sort of the, the quality of the answer you want, and you can either add more data, uh, or uh, in, in, in a case we, with, with uh, one client who were working, uh, he, he discovered that uh, what he thought his customers were looking for on, on, on a website wasn't actually what he thought, uh, because through the questioners coming through the system, uh, he was able to understand actually this is what people coming to the site uh, want, and therefore we help them uh, train um, uh, train uh, a specific area on the top. So it's, a, it's an interesting uh, inter- interesting space, and uh, you know I, I'm glad and we're happy to uh, sort of be contributing to it. Uh, it you know we, we can see the sort of the uh, the technology moving the interaction with machines in, in totally different levels and. You know, and uh, it's really exciting. It is really exciting. Okay, so I have an idea. An example would be, um, you know, let's say someone uh, interacts with a, um, you know, a doctor's office through their website. Uh, the AI could certainly <laughs> say in the beginning, you know, let me get you to, I'll get you to someone that can help you, but first let me know your name and this and that, the other, and your insurance. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So yeah. they could easily do the first part of the, the task, and then yeah. I guess it could pick on who to send the conversation to based on the initial results, right? 
Yeah, exactly. That that would be a pretty typical example. So you you know instead of having uh, someone just answering boring questions or asking boring questions repeatedly, you can just put like a, a machine uh, that can handle that. I can you can also go a little bit further than that. Uh, so for example, we've been. Uh, uh, I mean, this is not like a, a ready product, but. Uh, we have been thinking of creating a system that you can uh, you can you can shadow, um, sh- use to shadow a specific employee. So, for example, you might uh, shadow your best employee with uh, with a system just listen to uh, so the conversation goes on. And so, even uh, the training uh, in, instead of, of becoming a, a process of you uploading data, it becomes a process of the AI just naturally observing how a conversation flows between end users. And, and, and so that, that would uh, means you could at one point maybe start doing A-B testing between you know, the real user and the AI. And when, once the AI is sort of, you know, to a quality view uh, as, a, sort of a, as a company you believe is good, then you can switch completely. Yeah. So there are different ways to, to, to keep training the AI until you know, to, to do uh, the, this, you know, the task that you mentioned, but also uh, a little bit more than that as well. Yeah, I guess in an organization where you have multiple people answering, you could have a shadow of the best ones, which is ideally exactly, what everyone's yeah. supposed to do and get better. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly. Hmm. Um, so you don't provide the actual chat code, or do you? You just provide the ability to uh, to train a given system on someone's particular application. Yeah, so we uh, so the technology is, uh, is, per, is proprietary. So we built uh, our own our own uh, stack, um, but we do provide uh, access for free. So you don't have to uh, you you log in and you you just use our tool for as long as you like, um, and, uh, and and then once you you train your ad, then we expose it, we host it, we expose it. So you can take it to the next level, uh, and it could be as simple as, you know, you download one one of our um, uh, pre-made web widget that you can plug into your website, or you might decide to build something cooler and just build maybe a mobile app or whatever. So we don't open source the system, but uh, we, you know, we, you know, we do all all we can to sort of promote uh, free usage of it. How much data do you recommend that? Um a company used to train the AI, like how much is needed? Are you able to give an estimate? Yeah, I mean, I guess the the, the more the better. You know, it's like when uh, you want to train a kid uh, or you want to teach a kid to, to you know, understand the language. Uh, so, you know, we have done experiments with, um, you know, um, you know, tens of megabytes and you got some results, not, not great results. And so, uh, I guess anything you know uh, above 100 megabytes, but it really depends what you're trying to uh, to train. So if you're training the AI for a specific one single topic, then you need certain size. But uh, the broader the topic gets, the or the deeper the the discussion is to to go, the the more data you need. But we do have um, because we recognize that uh, this data might not be readily available for everyone. We do have different uh, sort of things that are going on. So when a question comes to the system. Uh, our pipeline, uh, you know, pings uh, different neural networks. They use a different technology to, uh, you know, to cope with the fact that uh, sometimes you might not have hundreds of megabytes of chat data. 
And so if the cases are fairly simple, say for example, you want to automate the Q&A, web, uh, you have a website, there's a, a page with Q&A right. uh, that you want to automate, then obviously we wouldn't expect you to have like uh, conversations because you might not have at all. And so what we do, we have different techniques to, uh, to sort of make the best off of what we got. And so it could be as little as a, an F, a FAQ page to, you know, gigabytes of data. And, and then we, we can decide internally sort of which technology to use based on, on what data we have. Um, I'll give an example. More recently, we've been working with, um, uh, it's, a, it's a, global, um, a global telco uh, that, um, and we've been training a, a specific AI for them uh, ingesting Excel spreadsheets. So they had a, a, a loads of data uh, there was just, uh, you know, codes and numbers in Excel spreadsheet, but they didn't have uh, any sort of conversation type examples. And so what we have done in that case, we have built uh, some conversation templates, and then we, we parsed uh, the Excel spreadsheet, and we were able to, you know, multiply the number of training data we could use. And so that, that, that works well. So, um, yeah. you know, I, I guess in general, the more the better, but it doesn't mean that uh, you have to have like a strictly chat example because... Uh, you might not have that kind of data available. Uh, and more recently, we have been working on uh, on training AI straight of uh, you know Wikipedia pages or or, or books. Uh, for example, say you want to build a toy that your kid can talk to and about Pinocchio. Uh, so what you you could do is get uh, maybe the book or the Wikipedia or or, or uh, a dialogue or or whatever you have, and that not, might not be in chat form. Um, but we are still able to uh, train to a certain level at this point. And I think that will be the next level for us. Uh, because as we talk to companies, we realize that uh, not everyone uh, you know, has uh, these systems where they store uh, customer support chats, but uh, they do have right. uh, some knowledge that can be transferred to, to a machine. How do you know when um, you know, a chatbot is ready? How do you know when it's learned enough? You know, like if I'm using your system and I'm testing it yeah. and I'm interacting yeah. and I'm getting, you know, ridiculous or nonsensical responses. Okay, yeah. fine. It's not working, but how do I know when it is working and how do, how good can it be tuned? You know, what, where's the expertise and helping me figure yeah. out when to train yeah. it, how much to train it and all that stuff. Yeah. So there are two, I think there are kind of two variables that um, that you want to consider. One is sort of a uh, more of a machine learning error, if, if you want. That's more of a syntactical error, uh, which is a measure that uh, the machine can give you. In, 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 and it means, given the data that you have given to the AI, uh, how well it learned that data. And, and uh, there are various things you can do, like a simple trick is that you take, uh, say you have uh, 100, uh, 100 example uh, or 100 uh, things to train. So typically what you do, you take maybe 80% of that and you train the AI with the data and then you use the additional 20% as a test base. So you can, because you know what, what's mm. the right response. And so you can measure based on, on the sort of the test set, how far the AI is in understanding uh, the things you want the, the, to learn, and you can come up with a number. And so, typically in our platform, uh, what you see is um, is a sort of a uh, there's a numerical value that tells you, hey, I'm you know 20% done understanding what you want me to understand, and 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 no, it, it could take 
uh, anywhere from you know few minutes to days. Um, uh, so more recently, we've been, for example, training uh, tra- trained an AI using uh, Trump's uh, tweets, and there were quite okay. few. So I think we train we train uh, we're still training it. It, it was something like twenty thousand, which was a, a really big number. And so uh, the uh, training has been going on for uh, I think uh, two days now, and it's still not done. And we're running it on a relatively uh, uh, so powerful machine. But if you have like a, say you want to build a, a Pizza Hut uh, chatbot, uh, you know you can imagine that the interaction are going to be pretty simple, and training will right. last uh, maybe you know, maybe you know uh, I don't know an hour or something. So that's the first measure you can get. Um, there's also sort of more of a semantic uh, sort of semantic uh, quality measure, and that that's that has to it's more related to uh, understanding if. Uh, the system has been trained in the way that you want it to, to be trained. And so it's, it's really more about uh, uh, you know, checking how many times the AI uh, falls below a certain threshold when, you, when you, it goes back to the analytics. So if you, if you start using it and you see the AI just keep falling back on, on specific, specific topics, then you will have to train uh, more data. Um, so that, those what, does that mean, um, yeah, what does that mean fall back? Like who sets and how do you set the metrics on what is a success and what is a fail and what kind of um, parameters can you give the AI? How does it know I did the right thing or I did the wrong thing? Like, what are some of the settings? What do they? What do those settings look like? Yeah, I mean, it, uh, it's a very simple number you can uh, input into the system. You can say, I want the AI to, uh, you know, to fall back to an error state anytime the confidence level is below eighty percent, for example. So anytime. Uh, the AI and you know if a question comes in what what the AI does is essentially try to understand uh, if if it, it has seen something similar and so that similarity it's a number that we can calculate and we can say actually I'm you know right now I'm 75% confident that I know what's going on and you as a developer or as an AI creator you can say you know if the confidence level falls below the number I tell you then uh, fall back to uh, uh, perhaps uh, to uh, fall back the conversation, uh, you know, hand off the conversation to a human. So that 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 confidence is something that as an AI creator you decide. It's not something that the AI can uh, can decide. Right, but how do you tell the AI? Oh, you answered this wrong. Even if the AI uh, understands that he answered right. Yeah, but what, how do you give, how do you give feedback to the AI system? Like what? Um, is it just because of the text itself? It sees, okay, this question has these words in it, and this is the typical response, and you give you that mean a how, score. Uh, you mean us uh, as a as a sort of a, on the back end or as a as an end user? As you're training it, how do you tell the AI that it's screwed up and, and, and it did see. wrong and it needs to fix it? Yeah, it, and that's. Um, uh, that's a sort of a, an, an, an application of, of deep learning. What you do, you because you know what a good state looks like because you have training data. So you basically transform your training data into numbers, and then you say, you know, you know, just just to to, to simplify the discussion, you you say, you know, uh, uh, number one needs to map to number two, number five needs to map to number seven, and so and that's a fact because okay. that's your training okay. data, right? So you push it through the system, and then you get uh, after uh, after you're done training, then uh, maybe someone types 2.5, and so 
And so it comes to the system and say, you know, I never seen 2.5, I've seen two, I've seen three. I think, you know, I'm 75% confident that uh, the, the correct mapping it's three because I've seen a two was mapping to five. And that's how it really works. It's, it's a, you're, you're essentially calculating the probability that what, what you're predicting is correct, but it's always based on <coughs> sort of, <coughs> excuse me. Okay, so initially you would have to go through a bunch of um, Q&A and, and score it. Let's say, um, you know, what time is your business open till? And then, mm -hmm. you know, we're open Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, and closed on weekends. Mm -hmm. so, and so you create the questions and answers and assign numerical values to them. And would that be used to train the AI? You do that first before you have it attack mm -hmm. a bunch of training data? Uh, yeah, something like that. So uh, what we what we uh, learn from training is um, is essentially why uh, certain words uh, goes together. That's basically the sort of the core of what we want to learn. And so we want to understand why when you say good, uh, often you hear morning after that. So so the eye trying to understand you know. Uh, that good morning is a phrase. So what we're trying to understand is underlying language model uh, that, that drives the conversation. And to do that, what you typically do, uh, you transform the data in a way that it's uh, sort of machine friendly. And so obviously computers love numbers. And so what you do, you tend to uh, transform the training data into, in our case, at least we transform that into vectors. And and essentially, we do uh, the first transformation, and that's uh, that's basically we take the training file, turn that into uh, like a huge matrix of vectors. And after that, the training okay. essentially tries to understand the relationship that uh, it's between different vectors. So at the end of the day, what you really, what we really built, it's a sort of a, a, a giant um, guessing machines for numbers. Uh, so the only thing the only thing that the machine sees is numbers. As a matter of fact, it's um, uh, you know uh, a good part of the system is language agnostic, you know because for for all intent and purposes, mm, the okay. AI has no idea that what it's processing it's uh, it's a it's a, uh, a sequence of strings that we interpret as language. It just sees number uh, numbers coming through and, and going out. Um, you know we um, you can train it it uh, in, in you know. In, Italian in uh, you know, Chinese or whatever, whatever else you can train it with, uh, uh, you know, it, it, because it, it, as long as you can turn it into numbers, that's all it matters. And then we have an additional layer that goes on top, and then takes those numbers that uh, you get out uh, from the AI and, and retransform them back into words that make sense for us. That's sort of how the training process works. Okay, that makes sense. How good can these systems get? What have you seen in practice? Um, so I think, <clears throat> you know, I, I do think, uh, you know, AI and narrow AI is good for narrow tasks. Uh, you know, uh, they ha they're called narrow AI for, for a certain reason, especially in, in the chatbot space. What you want to do is uh, consider those things as tools for, for your company uh, and, uh, in a, in a, and maybe let the AI handle, uh, you know, recurring uh, trivial cases that uh, you typically have humans to do. You know, for example, uh, responding to a doctor uh, about opening hours or collecting names and information, those are a fairly easy tasks uh, to, to, to have an AI do. Uh, things get trickier uh, when you start uh, deepening, when you start going deep into the conversation uh, 
and you start referencing things that maybe you've discussed like a few minutes ago, or, or uh, so the deeper the conversation gets, the more complex mm -hmm. it is. It doesn't mean that it can't be uh, handled, but I think the trick is to uh, focus on specific topics and uh, and you know and for for a client we're working, for example. Uh, this client has uh, actually uh, like a loads of different topics uh, to model, and instead of building one gigantic AI, which might get confused, uh, what we have done, we built uh, you know very mini, uh, very you know, very simple AIs, and then uh, we have a process that uh, you know steer the conversation in in certain directions. Uh, so you want it to, uh, so we can keep it simple. Um, okay. If you're trying to build a system that can you know can pass the Turing test, I, I don't think we're there yet. I don't think the technology is there yet, uh, but it's getting close, and so that's that's promising. So you could have, let's say, a business does three different things. You could have an initial steering AI that would ask yeah. questions on where the conversation should go, and then the particular AI that handles that department, for instance, exactly. would take over at that point, right? Exactly, and that's actually the trick that we used. Uh, so you kind of break down the the different things you need to handle in uh, in in collaborative AIs, and then you have a system that uh, knows who to talk to. It's like when you when you're in a big company, you kind of know who to talk to eventually. Um, but that can have a big impact uh, because uh, you know computers are way more scalable uh, than we are, and, uh, yeah. and you know they never take days off. And so it can even for simple things, it can really you know impact the bottom line uh, in a company. It's kind of like talking to someone with multiple personality. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or it's like if you uh, <laughs> if you get in trouble with your wife and she switches and suddenly goes into uh, mad at you mode, you know? <laughs> That's a good one, yeah. That's very interesting, huh? Very interesting. What, um, anything outside of the chat space um, that you think this technology would apply to really well? Yeah, I mean, uh, this is, uh, you know, uh, deep learning is, uh, is, is applied uh, in a bunch of places and it's going to hopefully keep growing. Uh, so we do a lot of conversation-based uh, 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 analysis, but you, know, you guys have, uh, you probably have seen it uh, applied in video games from DeepMind and, you know, computer vision and, you know, the, the, the application is actually... Uh, you know, almost unlimited. There's a, someone who, who says that uh, deep learning neural networks are Turing complete. And uh, for uh, if you're familiar with the term, it, it means that they believe deep learning networks can pretty much solve any problems uh, given that given the right sort of size of the network uh, because of the way they built. Because these uh, tools are uh, essentially learns um, can learn uh, things without uh, uh, anyone to sort of uh, script sort of the learning pattern if you want and that's where they're powerful so you don't have to tell if you're building uh, sort of for example the image recognition system you don't have to tell the system hey you don't have to tell explicitly I should say uh, you know the the high uh, the shape of the high looks like these and you don't have to annotate the picture uh, completely because you can let the machine sort of understand uh, uh, cluster things that go together so it's a really powerful tool um, but it's also one of the most uh, misunderstood, I think, you know, sometimes uh, you know, people might tend to give too much power to, to uh, neural networks, uh, 
uh, and, and, and you might have seen all this news about uh, you know future uh, Terminator taking over the world and things like that. Right. Uh, those are good discussions to have. Don't get me wrong, but but um, if you look at the reality where the technology is, especially in the industry, I think you were you know, far from there at the moment. I mean, yeah. Okay. Well, very interesting the work you're doing. Um, I just thought of one more application, you know, for whatever it's worth. But if you um, were to listen to someone's conversation, I would bet they would probably have a unique numerical signature on how they talk or how they write. And then you could use that to identify them in the future, you know? Yeah, that's another interesting one. Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely about sort of a DNA of a, of, uh, of someone's uh, voice. That's a very interesting one. Um, I'll tell you another one we've been coming across, which we're also looking at. So, uh, you know, you get this cold calling from marketers, uh, at, least, uh, <clears throat> at least here where I live. So we have quite, quite a few of them. So a company approached us uh, asking if if we could automate that. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if in the future we start getting calls from AI. And you know, probably someone will build the system to counter call the AI. So it's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting so, fight. It's the battle of the gatekeeper versus the salesman again <laughs> with AI. Okay. Exactly. Oh. Great. Well, very good. So, how do people find out more about Hutoma and um, you know get some of your GitHub esque uh, applications or code and start working with your system? Uh, we have a, a site where you can. Uh, Sign up for a waitlist where in private beta it's www.utoma.com. And uh, we are presenting a company, a mobile congress in February. Uh, so it's a, a month from now in Barcelona. And so we are okay. going to onboard users and, and you know, and, and guide them through the system. Uh, and hopefully uh, it will, what we're building will work for them. Oh, last question. What does Hutoma mean? Uh, it means human automata. So we are, wow. you know, our vision is to build something that uh, will uh, behave as human, uh, close to humans as possible. Gotcha. Okay. Well, Maurizio, thank you. It's been a very interesting interview, and uh, I think folks will get thanks. a lot of value out of checking this out. So. Thanks. Thanks very much for for uh, for the chat. Yeah, no problem. Hopefully, you're the cool. real one, not an AI one. Hopefully, you're not <laughs> AI. Right? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> very good, right. sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.